The following podcast is brought to you by the Village Zendo. For more information, visit villagezendo.org. So welcome and good morning. If you don't know me, uh, my name is Kojin, and I am a senior student here at the Village Zendo. And uh, I live in New York, but um, right now I am traveling, so I'm staying with family in Arizona right now. And uh, it's moments like this where I'm just really grateful that we live in this online Dharma world where I can be all the way across the country and still be able to practice with you here. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing. And three years ago, I wouldn't have imagined how, how this online Dharma has permeated the world and brought so, much, so many of us um, closer together. Uh, people that I would normally only see once or twice a year on retreat, um, now I see you every day, and it's kind of amazing. So I'm speaking to you from Arizona, um, and anyone that is following politics um, might be familiar with. Uh, I think we, I think we have some of the craziest candidates here in this state. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to lie, I'm all sorts of triggered and anxious and um, just feeling very unsettled with our midterm elections coming up. Um, the content of my practice these days is a lot of anxiety and feeling very unsure about what's going to happen. Um, you know, what happens this week is going to set the course of where we go for the next two years and even longer. You know, the effects of what's happening right now and um, we're, we're going to be uh, feeling, feeling the consequences of it for a very long time. And it might take a very long time to, to write the shit. Um, so there's a lot at stake. And what gets me particularly agitated these days is this thickening and growing landscape of disinformation and misinformation, where it feels like value is no longer put on a movement towards an objective truth, where it feels like a value on truth isn't uh, isn't even valued anymore. Um, these days, it just takes the right politician to say a thing. They don't even have to dress it, give us the courtesy of dressing it up as anything other than a lie. And that's all the value it needs to be placed in some kind of field of false equivalency. And uh, you know, this disinformation and misinformation, it's used to oppress the most vulnerable of our community members. You know, our black and brown siblings, our queer and trans siblings, 
women and control over their bodies. And for us as, as Zen practitioners, we spend hundreds, sometimes thousands of hours on the cushion, on the meditation cushion, doing this work to cut through our own confusion and to clarify reality and to cultivate our own realization of interdependence and compassion. And so to look at the news, to open up the New York Times, it just feels like everything that's happening is an affront to everything that we are working towards. You know, when we can't even agree that the sky is blue, how can we find any common ground with the other? How can we work together to heal this world without common truths to rely on, without a shared understanding of reality? How is it possible to extend a hand to the other, to start to heal this divide that causes so much damage and destruction? So my practice, it constantly brings me back to this question of what can I do about the world? How can I even begin to affect positive change when the immensity of the, the work just feels too large? And whatever you're experiencing, whatever your own reaction or response might be, you know, I don't know if I can give you any answers. The great joke about Zen is we don't get any answers. I think we often just get more questions. But it's the questioning and that inquisitive curiosity that our practice helps us cultivate. That's where the, the real work and the real uh, gem, jewel of practice, that's where, that, that's where it comes. That's where we discover it. And it's, it's times like these where we can look to our Zen practice for guidance. Guidance and a path for navigating all this confusion, for navigating this very messy, messy world. So what can we do about this world? There's a koan that asks this exact question. What can we do about the world? And uh, this koan is case 12 from the Book of Serenity. And it's called Priest Jizo Planting the Fields. And the Jizo in this story, it's not to be confused with our very beloved um, Jizo Bodhisattva. But this is a, a priest at a monastery. And so this koan goes, Priest Jizo asked the priest Shuzan, where do you come from? Shuzan said, from the south. Jizo said, how is Buddhism in the south these days? And Shuzan said, there's extensive discussion. Jizo said, how can that compare to me here planting the fields and making rice to eat? Shuzan said, what can you do about the world? Jizo said, what do you call the world? 
So when we look at this story, it's it's kind of that classic Zen story of, you know, two, two practitioners bantering with one another. And you can imagine that it's not so different from the banter that we might engage in ourselves within our own Sangha. You know, little, little quick quips and inside Dharma jokes that we might engage in in the coat room, um, challenging each other and, uh, you know, amusing each other with our understanding of the Dharma. And so this story begins with Jizo asking a very classic testing question. Where do you come from? And the priest shoes on, says he's from the South. And Jizo asks him, what's practice like there in the South? To which Shuzan replies, there's extensive discussion. And anyone that's been practicing Zen for a little while can sense the trap there. Extensive discussion. Getting caught up right here in the head. And so this extensive discussion, it might be referring to um, debate about Buddhism. Um, but if we were to bring this into today's context, it might be about, it might be extensive debate about politics. It might be where I find myself now, you know, reading the news and just getting caught up in all the doomsday scenarios in my head of all the ways that I can fix everything. And while intellectual understanding is very important, there is the trap of only relying on what's happening up here. There's the classic trap of relying on just our intellectual thought and argument and debate to try to figure out our lives, to try to figure out the world. But the thing is, is the world is just too big for us to figure out. Our lives are just too big to be able to hold right here in our heads. And I can't help but think about, you know, I, I certainly get caught up in this of how gratifying it might feel to, you know, sit around with friends and fix all the world's problems in this echo chamber of our own ideas. And, you know, that's certainly important, but it can't start and stop there. It can't stop, start and stop in our heads. So Jizo brings shoes on uh, down to reality. He says, how does all that extensive, extensive discussion how does that compare to me here planting the fields and making rice to eat? I like to imagine that in that moment, Jizo might have been tending the monastery garden, simply engaged in the activity of his body and, and mind in that moment. How can all the grandest intellectual debate compare to Jizo? Right there the earth underneath his feet and a hoe in his hands, engaged in the direct activity of the mind and the body. 
how can it compare to the direct service of tending the fields to feed the monks of the monastery? I might say, how can getting worked up over the New York Times compare to the simple activity of sitting my mind down on the cushion, then getting up and doing the dishes, of drinking a glass of water when I'm thirsty, and then cooking a meal when I'm hungry? How can all the intellectual discussion in the world compare to the simple act of voting? or of marching in the street, or maybe just a simple act of kindness towards a stranger. But I also do empathize with Chuzan because he's not quite satisfied. And so he, he presses Jizo, he says, what can you do about the world? Today, that question might be, how the hell can sitting on the cushion do anything about the world? Why go on meditation retreat when the world is burning? Shuzan's pointing out there. What about all, all this stuff that's happening? And then Jizo replies, what do you call the world? What is the world other than you or me or the ground beneath our feet? It all starts right here from where we stand. Looking at the ground underneath our feet, feeling the earth under, underneath us. That's where it all starts. It's the same answer that every Zen teacher will give us when we walk into the interview room. They always point the finger right back to us. We might walk into the room looking for answers, but the Zen teacher always holds up a mirror to ourselves. And the first thing our practice tells us is to point our light inward. When I get caught up pointing out there, pointing at the world, they're wrong. That's happening. Getting lost. I can I so easily forget that it all starts by turning my light right here. When we sit down on the meditation cushion and stare at the wall, we're just staring at our own reflection. And that is the foundation for how we can approach the world by accessing the wisdom of our own bodies, of our own experience, our own awakened awareness. And then from there, we can extend our hand compassionately to the other. There's so much wisdom in our experience, in our awakened awareness in our bodies. And when we become curious about that, really dig inward and clarify our own true nature, then we're better able to navigate this very perilous world. 
we can navigate it with greater wisdom, greater ease. And maybe we can learn to leave just a little bit less of a mess in the world. And then when it comes to something like our, our anger, you know, our, our response to seeing injustice, we can, we can see the wisdom in something like anger, normally a very messy and destructive emotion. But there's wisdom in that reaction when we see wrongness, when we see injustice. And something like anger can be a clarifying tool to cut through bullshit. So when we're, so when we look down at the ground, right, un, right underneath our feet, then we can ask, what can we do from here? What tools do I have? What skills do I have? Then we just take a step forward, one after another. And naturally our feet will take us where we need to go. I can hem and haw all day about what's happening in the news, but I need to remember to just see what's happening right now, right here in my own life, because that's where change starts. That's, this is where we, we can affect the positive change we wanna see in the world. That's where the effects of our practice ripple out into the world. And I love the image that this koan leaves of Jizo engaged in the simple activity of tending the fields. I think it encourages us to think about what qualities and values we want to cultivate within our, within our own practice and furthermore into the world. When we turn on the news and the world feels utterly overwhelming, the only place we can start is to look down at the earth beneath our feet and ask ourselves, what seeds do we want to plant? And it all just starts right here, right now, in this moment. What are we planting? What are we cultivating? What seeds do we want to see planted in the world? So whatever happens this week, we just continue on one step in front of the other and doing our best. 